Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, like Whoopi Goldberg and Sister Act 2, we're back in the habit. Here's your first new NCS of 2018. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Uh, we've got a good show for you tonight. We're going to be talking about the news from the last couple weeks, basically catching up on everything we missed during the holidays. And then on Thursday, we're going to be coming back and sharing our gaming resolutions for 2018. But before we resolve to do anything, Mark, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Yeah. Um, New year. Mm. I'm living New on... you. Kind of. Okay. I mean... Uh, Living with some old me, I have, mm-hmm. I'm like, I have so much laundry I need to do. Oh man, I did a bunch of laundry this weekend. I've gotten to the point where it, I feel stressed out about it because mm. it's an overwhelming, it feels like an overwhelming amount of laundry. So my solution has just been to not do it. So no, the Mark, pile no. just grows larger. <laughs> no. So it just feels more overwhelming. Um, I really don't know what I'm going to do at this point. Do you have laundry, laundry presumably in, in your building? Or kind do you have- of like mm. we do, but it's. Uh, I would say not enough, like machines for as many units. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we usually end up going to a a laundromat, a laundromat, which is great because mm-hmm. you can get it all done at once, which is bad because you have to will yourself to do it. Yeah, and like go there and like, like load set aside up like a car chunk of time. Yeah, but you've got a uh, Nintendo Switch that you can take. It's with you. never bad once you get there. You just have to like rip that Band-Aid off, and uh-huh. at this point, feel like. Five IKEA bags worth of clothes. So I can. <laughs> what What is the limiting factor for you when it comes to laundry? What What is it that you're like? I am out of blank. I need to, because like I know for a lot of people it's like underwear. I'm out of underwear, or like socks. I'm out of socks. Yeah, underwear isn't really much of a barrier for me because I'll just keep buying that. <laughs> You'll just buy more underwear. I guess, which I don't like doing in the, which I don't really like buying underwear in the first place. Sure, because. It feels like one of those things that it's like, I don't want to spend money on this. It still feels like a thing. I, so for me, and we've talked about this a little bit when we, uh, when Mech Weldon was sponsoring the show, um, that like I have two different like categories of underwear, right? I've got the like underwear that I just wear and like whatever, and then the underwear that makes me feel a little fancier. Right. And like I don't mind buying the fancier underwear. That's like a fun activity that I'm like, this is something I enjoy makes me feel good but then there's like the rest of the underwear and like buying that is a nightmare it's just it just feels like i don't want to spend my money on this i want to spend my money on something fun yeah like candy like candy or nintendo games <laughs> uh well let's let's move on to the the weather uh it's nice yeah we don't have anything to complain about we don't really have anything to complain about our guest weather today is edina minnesota and they have something to complain about it if is. they want to yeah, they have our permission right but they're minnesotan so they're probably going to be too polite to say anything about it it is currently at the time of this recording negative six degrees in edina minnesota um and uh i mean that's just that's that's too gross cold. that's too cold that's gross um, um don't go outside but big ups Huge ups to our listeners in Edina, Minnesota. Um, Before we move into anything else uh, real, uh, I did want to mention the Sonic Forces Borrowing Program. Uh, You uh, 
can still borrow my copy of Sonic Forces. All you have to do is send your uh, physical mailing address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com, and I will send my copy of Sonic Forces to you. You get to play it for a little bit, drop it in an envelope, comes right back to me, costs you nothing. Yeah, the nice thing about it is that it is zero risk. Yeah. So even if you just want to fiddle around with it for like 20 minutes before you decide, yep, this is a terrible game, mm-hmm. you might as well do it. Also, you should know that I've resolved myself to the idea that someone will rip me off eventually. So like, if you're that person, like I'm prepared for it already. Patrick, it's 2018. Nobody's going to do that. New year, that new was, you. That Mark. was something for 2017. <laughs> People were terrible in 2017. That's true. We've all changed. Mark, let's get into the new releases. It's a new year, so I'm off to a great start. We're not doing new releases just yet. Let's talk about what we've been playing this week. Uh, so I took the opportunity over the break to play some Yoshi's Island. Yeah, tell me about your experience with Yoshi's Island. It's great. So you're playing, <laughs> you're playing it on your Super NES Classic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, on Christmas, I was feeling kind of just like nostalgic for childhood a little bit. So sure. pulled my. Uh, computer chair real close to the TV because that's how far the SNES classic controller uh, cords will reach and uh, booted up, played around with a couple things, then kind of settled on making my way through Yoshi's Island, a game that I have not really played for, man, I don't even know at this point, 20 years? Yeah, yeah. Um, how how deep into the game did you get? Uh, I'm in the, like, halfway through the second world. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I uh, I don't really have anything thoughtful to say about it. It's just uh, it's a super fun game. Yeah, super fun game. A good good platforming. Awesome like uh, art in that game. Um, everything just like looks and feels good without feeling like gimmicky. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my experience with it now is very different from my original experience with it. Oh. A lot of that is because when I first played it, I was expecting, because it had the Super Mario World yes. 2 label, mm-hmm. I was expecting something very different. And then I had played the GPA, GBA version yeah, um, and liked it. But this is really like the first time that I guess I'm playing the real thing. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's a great game. There's a reason people love it. Yeah. I think there's also something to uh, like going into that game with the expectation of what a Yoshi game is, um, because it's more like action based than uh, most other Yoshi games, but less action based than like a Mario game. And way slower than a Mario game. Yeah. Like it's more about like exploration Mm -hmm. and making your way through things, you know, kind of at a more leisurely pace. Yeah. But uh, unlike, and there's no timer on stuff. Um, but I, I feel like of the Yoshi games, it is the least like itself. Like it still has a lot of regular Mario DNA, um, kind of built into it. It's a that's that's a good game. I've also just been playing Super Mario Odyssey, mm. which is a game that you know we liked. I mm-hmm. enjoyed, uh, played a lot of, got to the end, and pretty much put it down, and didn't feel compelled to go back to it, and. Uh, uh, again, over Christmas was kind of picking it up again for the first time, and man, I'm liking that game so much more now than I did an- not initially because I liked it initially, but I'm enjoying myself a lot. Yeah, and I think some of it's just like there's no pressure of trying to get through it, 
I'm just like fiddling around and, mm-hmm. you know, doing a few moons here, doing a few moons there, going through a painting accidentally, ending up somewhere I didn't intend to be, and then right. just like continuing to go through it. And it's a um, much more fun way for me to play it is just like trying to doing like five moons at a time yeah, rather than trying to like barrel through it. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we're all idiots, right? Because like a game comes out and I'm like, oh, I'm going to mainline this game and play as much of it as I can. And that's like, got to be the least enjoyable way to play something like Mario Odyssey where like, yeah, you just play for a little bit, you get through a kingdom and then like walk away from it, you know, like do something else and just like keep having that sort of fun experience. You don't need to mainline Mario Odyssey. I've also, okay, I've also been playing a surprising amount of Animal Crossing Pocket Camp and I've got to say, I keep coming back to it and I hate, I don't, do not like this game. Oh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you keep coming back to I it? I know. It's, so it's kind of an overstatement, but it's right. like the actual mechanics of this game are not fun at all. So it's not fun. It's on your phone. You keep coming back to it. <laughs> it sounds like Facebook to me. Mark. <laughs> Seems like you just got a new Facebook on your phone. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Uh, so I finished up the Champions Ballad, Breath of the Wild. Um, really like the way that ended, uh, the cutscene at the end with, uh, well, the cutscene at the end, I'm not always about to describe it. <laughs> uh, it would be a dumb place for me to insert a spoiler. Um, but it, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's cute. It's fun. And it's cute. And, uh, like everything, um, about it, uh, like wrapping it up, I felt even better about it than, um, where we were in our, um, review discussion episode. Uh, I've, uh, I picked up both, uh, Blossom Tales, The Sleeping King and Tiny Metal this week. Um, so Blossom Tales is like a, a 2D top-down Zelda clone. Yeah. I've seen it compared to Link to the Past. Yeah. Uh, it's got a lot of Link to the Past in yeah, it. Yeah. What is, what's your experience with it? I've heard that it's like a fine version of, like a version of a Link to the Past type game. Like nothing amazing, but it'll scratch that itch. Yeah. So, um, it. Like the elevator pitch kind of sells it short. Um, in that it it is totally a top down like Zelda like game. Um, but the the framing device is that this is a grandfather telling a story to his uh, uh his uh granddaughter and grandson, and uh so like he starts the story by being like, let me tell you about the one in, about the elf boy who lived in the land of high, and then like the little girl cuts him off and is like, we've heard that one a million times before. Um, so there's this sort of like meta, uh, like storytelling structure to the thing where like you'll walk into a, a camp and, uh, it'll be like, and then Lily, your hero's name is Lily, um, was beset by, you know, a, uh, a pirate queen. Uh, and then the little boy like interjects and is like, I wanted to be a ninja or whatever. And then the little girl's like, no pirate queen. And they bicker a little bit and then you choose. Oh, that seems fun. Yeah. So like it has, there's just a lot of like neat little things with like the narration and with like the give and take. And that's all minor stuff, but like it makes it feel like it has its own identity. That's not just Zelda clone while also being a pretty competent Zelda clone. Um, it's a little bit more action focused than a uh, Zelda game. Top down uh, Zelda games tend to be. So like, you know, I'll walk into a room and there will just be a ton of, uh, of enemies and they'll all respawn when you leave and come back in. So, so some, some of the fighting is uh, more laborious than I want it to be. Um, but it's a, it's a fun, cute game. Um, I'm, how how I'm much is it? it? 10, 15, 10 bucks. Yeah. 10, 10 bucks. Um, and yeah, so I mean, t- totally, totally worth the pickup. Um, the music isn't great. Um, I've been playing with the music turned down and like listening to podcasts mm-hmm. or um, whatever. But it's it's short loops. 
um, and not super like uh, they're just like really repetitive and um, like annoying in an eight bit way and not like I, I'm actually pretty disappointed in the music. Um, and then Tiny Metal, uh, which I got excited uh, when the reviews for Tiny Metal were coming in, and they were and everyone was saying it's too easy of a tactics. Oh game. yeah, I saw you tweeting that, yeah. and uh, yeah, to me that sounds like the dream. Yeah, a tactics game that's too easy. Let me. <laughs> in <laughs> um but it's also it's a really obtuse really japanese game um so like there's a story in there uh and you know you are um commander nathan of the kingdom of artemisia and uh, every all of the characters are like impossibly motivated by weird things and like the dialogue uh all, all plays out on the screen sometimes too quick for me to read it um, as the characters are speaking in Japanese over it. Um, so I, I, I don't know. And, and the, all of the, uh, all of the presentation around the combat is, uh, not great. Um, I'm, I'm having a, a, a tough time following it and or caring about it. Um, and then, yeah, the, the kind of mix of, um, like the, the strategy stuff is, you know, halfway between like Fire Emblem and like Warcraft, because like you're making new units and stuff. Um, so I don't like it's it's fine. I'm I'm not I'm not really blown away by it. I don't think I'm going to revisit it. Um, and it, it's 25 bucks, which is kind of a lot, um, especially when I downloaded Blossom Tales at the same time, and that's you know like a third of the price. I feel like uh, with Advance or sorry, Tiny Tiny Metal, which is you know, uh, like Advance Wars, like yeah. Advance Wars, it's like an indie game version of Advance Wars. You have a lot of these, uh, kind of Zelda, two D Zelda clone, yeah, type games. Not just uh, Blossom Tales, but uh, like Oceanhorn, yeah, and and you know, some of them are really good. It's not a knock on them, but like Brawl Out is another example of these games that are trying to like. Uh, yeah. I guess like ape or like be a new version of these Nintendo classics, yeah. and that's such a hard comparison to make. Mm-hmm. And so it's difficult for me sometimes to enjoy these games fully because you're always comparing it to like a masterclass in game yeah. development. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, even when they're good, a lot of times they just it's just not the same. And so it's mm-hmm. it's difficult for me sometimes to play them it's like eating the store brand of fruit loops versus fruit loops it's like it's close but i'd but rather I really just kinda, wanted fruit loops yeah. i'd kind of just rather pay the three bucks more and get the real deal um yeah and i mean it, and i think tiny metal doesn't offer anything new um on it on that formula where a blossom tales does um at least presentationally has like something interesting or like a new way to show you its its story um and tiny metal is just a kind of a bummer on top of being an okay advance wars uh and then i also uh played the um the new levels in snipper clips cut it out together um that came out a, a maybe a month ago now um sarah and i were uh before we went out on new year's eve we played through those levels together and we were yelling and laughing and swearing at each other it was a a, a, a great time um man snipper clips is such a good game and like more snipper clips i'm never i'm never gonna say no to that all right, Mark, that's uh, what came out this last... Or no, jeez, that's <laughs> that's what we've been playing this week. Let's talk about new releases.
So new release wise, kind of a slower week. Who yeah. knows? Maybe we'll see. Nothing ever. You know how these things go with the eShop. Yeah, I mean, especially now, like I, I feel like all most things, <coughs> most of the information we have uh, is we we're seeing a lot of blanks. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, so Thursday, January fourth, uh, there's Pick a Picks Deluxe. Stick Bold, which is a dodgeball adventure game. Uh, the Neo Geo game is King of the Monsters. You kind of know it's a slow week when we're talking about Neo Geo releases again. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then a Grand Prix Rock and Racing. I'm sure there's some fine games here, but I don't know what any of these are. Uh, that that's fine. They can look. I just picked up. <laughs> I just picked up two two games uh, that that are worth playing. Yes. What I am excited about Tell is me. that uh, Inti Creates is having a sale on the eShop right now, and mm-hmm. so I'm finally going to be picking up um, the game I whose Mighty Gunvolt Burst <laughs> game I just name I just blanked on Mighty Gunvolt Burst. It's like burst. It's like mm-hmm. seven dollars. And uh, down from ten, but that's the thing that's pushing me over the edge. So <laughs> yeah, those go. last three dollars. I'm a really miser. <laughs> yeah, you can't have my money. <laughs> um, good game. I hope you enjoy it. And then next week, well, we'll talk about it next week. But Meat Boy comes out next week. I'm very excited about that. Um, all right, uh, let's get out of this segment. Now it's time for a regular feature on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, I'd like to talk to you about showers today. Mm -hmm. Taking a shower, getting into the shower, and enjoying that experience. First, do you enjoy that experience? So, uh, you know, it's like going to a party mm-hmm. or doing your laundry. Once you're doing it, it's fine. But it just seems... You've got trepidation it, about, it just like, seems getting like, into the shower? No, no, no. It's more like... Uh, it just Sometimes you're like, it's just a hassle. This is the last... You know, like... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I feel the same way about eating, like, about food. It's just like, I have other stuff going on. I don't want to stop. You don't want to stop what you're doing and to like, do something to else. To, like, eat. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess it's, like, the kid in me where I'm like, I want to keep playing video games. I, don't I just want to keep like, buying candy. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that candy. That's all I want. Um, I really enjoy a shower. Um, there's something about either, like, uh, waking up in the morning and being like, shower, now the day has started. Like, I, I have say over when the day starts. And it doesn't happen until after I've taken a shower or end of the day, end of the day shower. When you're like, no, I'm home now. I'm home. I'm taking a shower, taking my clothes off. I'm getting hot and wet. Are you, do you shower regularly? Like before you go to bed and then, Mm. or, you know, or do you shower in the morning before you get ready for work or whatever you have going on? Do you do both? What's your like routine? So, uh, I don't shower every morning before I go to work um, because I've got a very like cash office situation. Um, and like everyone else I work with is like out in the field. I'm like the only one working in an office. So I will during the work week occasionally go two to three days without showering. Oh, okay. Um, Your hair is probably like great for that. Y- yeah, maybe. M- maybe. <laughs> no, is in like your, because like healthy. Right, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, I, usually I would say I'm a morning shower. Oh, okay. Uh, and and not not an evening shower. But I also like to. Um, I run sometimes, and you know, after a run, a shower is a necessity. Right. Um. What 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 about you? So when, when do you? For years, mm-hmm. I was in the habit uh of showering both at night and in the morning wow and this was because i I did not do that for until uh i was maybe like 25 or something when my body was all of a sudden like hey you have a lot of acne now oh (laughs) like just it was like guess what time it is for you to it's time for you to have a lot of second puberty yeah uh and my dermatologist at the time was like yeah you should maybe like wash twice which, in hindsight, I don't know if that was actually good, but it was something I was doing. Right, scrubbing so away the, all them natural oils. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then you got, I got into the habit of doing that for a while, and uh, now I usually just shower um, before I go to bed, unless it's a special occasion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend in high school who couldn't, she could only fall asleep if her hair was wet. From taking a shower. Oh, interesting. Um, so she was also a uh, shower at night, shower in the morning person. Like, couldn't, you know, would would want to be like clean to like go to work or school or whatever. Um, but also like needed to have the shower before going to bed. Well, so I like I sh- now I generally shower before I get into bed because mm. um, like I use like hair product in my hair and stuff, and I don't want that like on my yeah, pillow. Yeah, on the pillow. Yeah. But I don't shower it again in the morning because I'm like, what have I done in the past eight hours that would make me super dirty and gross? Oh, man. I am a sweaty sleeper. Oh, are so, you? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I usually, th- there have been a couple of times where, like, uh, Sarah rolls over to, like, see how I'm doing in the bed and then, like, has to recoil away because <laughs> I'm in a puddle of my own sweat. So, like, I, there are many times where i straight up need the shower first thing in the morning uh are you a uh loofah washcloth just straight uh um soap on soap on skin yeah i'm a soap on skin guy again like bar bar of soap or um whatever okay you know? <laughs> whatever's in the shower whatever's in the shower uh-huh. i guess usually bar of soap mm-hmm. um yeah how about you uh i've got a loofah um i've always hated washcloth um, that seems like a terrible way to wash yourself. I, I've never understood people that do it. Um, but, uh, failing that, failing like the loofah, I like just going at it with hands. I guess, uh, to me, I, uh, there, it's like a, it's a germ thing. Yeah. You know, like you are using this same with like a, like a brush or like a body brush. Yeah. A brush seems insane. Well, but you know, because you're like, you're not uh, like an old timey guy in like a clawfoot <laughs> tub. You don't need a brush. <laughs> I could see the benefit, sure, you know, okay. if you can't, like, reach, like, certain corners of your back and you really are, like, dirty. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, so same with, like, a loofah or even, like, a washcloth. It's, like, one of those things that I would just want to use once and then throw away. Sure. Um, there's probably no science to back this up, but... I don't uh, know. I've, I've, I've been told that, like, you should rotate a loofah, like, every couple weeks. Um, and I am not... Oh, well, I guess well, we, we'll never know. We'll never know what I'm not. Um, today we were accompanied by the K2 Orchestra. Um, K2 Orchestra. Mark, let's get out of this segment. And into the news. So it's been a, 
uh, quiet couple mm-hmm. of weeks, you mm-hmm. know, with the holidays and everything. So we're kind of catching up on the little bits that we've missed the past couple of weeks. Gotta play catch up. So ARMS version 5.0. Yes. Was released, including a new de- character, Dr. Coyle. Was this the one that we talked about previously where, like, he was a boss or had been teased? Or was that somebody else? Or are they just releasing characters left and right at this point? I mean, uh, the the boss character. So th- there was, like, the Dark Springman uh, that was um, a sort of boss character who was... Uh, oh, maybe re- that's what I was recently. thinking of. Um, Dr. Coyle, I believe we did talk about her being teased at... Oh, at her. Point. Her. The uh, doctor course, is a woman. Uh, and of course. Because <laughs> t- women can be anything. Of course they can. Including... Dr. Coils. But especially including ARMS characters, because there are a lot of them, <laughs> uh, female ARMS characters. Uh, she's cool, though. Um, uh, it, she's a, a fun character, and her level um, has all of these, uh, I don't even know what they, they seem like, boxing bags, like, hanging from the from the ceiling um, that, like, get in, get in the way. It, it's a lot like, um, oh, I can't remember any of the characters' names, so I'm going to stop pretending that I can't. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, she's a good addition, and uh, the the level is is a good addition to that as well. Uh, but we also learned that version five point marks the end of new content for Arms. Mm-hmm. Um, so no new characters, no new stages. But there was there will still be like patches and gameplay adjustments made, and uh, more party crashes in the future. Yeah, in fact, we have a a party crash coming up um this weekend maybe. Um, it's the Again, I'm just gonna forget everyone's name, Mr. Mummy, <laughs> and uh, versus Twintel. Um, so that'll that yeah, it'll uh, another fun reason to jump in and play this game, which is as like full and robust as it's ever gonna get. So, is it weird that it hasn't even been out a year? That's right. So is it is it weird that they uh, are not going to be like doing further updates with like characters or anything for it? I don't know. We got what five five extra characters for it um that that seems like plenty to me um it it now i mean maybe just now it's getting to the point where like this is the game it should have launched as um but you know we're to a point now where uh the switch is plentiful um and people can find it out in the wild now and people have um you know christmas spending money or whatever uh gift cards to actually start buying stuff um I don't know. It it seems like it is it is now the game that it, it was always meant to be. Yeah, and it seems like Arms has done fine. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know. It's it's obviously it's always hard to gauge like overall enthusiasm for a product mm-hmm. because you only know the people that you know. Yeah. Um, but so well, it's also it's also just hard to like measure it against like the other things that Nintendo put out that set the world on fire. You know, like. Um, Mario Odyssey and uh, Breath of the Wild and Splatoon were all last year. Like those are all huge games. I guess what I'm asking is, do you think we see an Arms two? Uh, um, maybe, but not. Uh, I was about to say not on the Switch. Um, but who knows how long we'll have a uh, Switch in our life? So, but like, do you think in the next two years, next three years, there will be another Arms? Do you think it's like a once a generation thing? But do you do think mm-hmm. that it has done well enough? And has engendered enough goodwill to warrant a sequel. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think it is. Uh, yeah, I, I I definitely think so. And I'm I'm certain that we will see Arms content in the next Mario Kart, in the next Smash. Um, you know, we'll 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 see. We we will see Arms again. I mean, we know that it has sold over a million copies, mm-hmm. and so 
you can do way worse than that. Absolutely. You know, so every like three or four years, if Nintendo releases a another arms and it sells a decent million copies, yeah, it's like a Kirby game at that point. I mean, also, if they decide to, you know, make this a Nintendo Select or whatever and sell it for like 40 bucks, um, I think that would be killer for, for ARMS. That's true. We're, we're not even a full year into the no. Switch's life and it's already, you know, sold respectably. Yeah. So it has a long life ahead of it. Uh, so not R.I.P. ARMS. Not R.I.P. A.R.M.S. No. Uh, so there's been a lot of rumblings of a January Nintendo Direct. Mm. There's been one historically. We're kind of all on pins and needles waiting for that date to drop. Uh, when, as we were saying, all blanks at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. And Amazon kind of uh, tickling our interest. Mm. Recently posted and then My quickly interest. removed temporary listings for about 18 new Nintendo Switch games. All the product pages included the copy. Quote, just announced in the Nintendo Switch event box art coming soon with prices ranging from 60 bucks to a hundred dollars seems like uh you know the hundred dollar one is probably a collector's not a collector's edition like a one that includes a season pass or something like that yeah uh or, or a collector's edition like it could be a uh that's right why sell myself short? yeah you were right <laughs> i'm a genius mark's a genius <laughs> um 18 new games retail games uh priced at $60 and above. That's a lot. That is a lot. If a Nintendo Direct happens in the next couple of weeks, I don't expect them to announce 18 new retail games. You think that's too many? I I think it is more than will be announced. Yes. Uh and there are already place cards for uh Yoshi and Kirby and like Wolfenstein, right? Like all of these are already sort of Right, anything that's in. been like announced. Yeah. Right. Um but hey, you know, maybe maybe they drop 18 new <laughs> But maybe they will. New games. Who knows? The future is unknowable. Uh, speaking of which, uh, there's a date being floated online right now for this January Direct as Thursday, January 11th. Mm. So that's a week from Thursday. So coming up pretty soon. Yeah, Super Meat Boy Day. The, the 11th is? Yeah, I believe oh. so. Okay. So maybe we'll have more to talk about uh, soon. I mean, hopefully, we'll, presumably, we'll, we will always have more to talk about. Yeah, I could go on about laundry forever. Uh, a few more fun quotes from uh, Hanimaro Fujibayashi and uh, how do you say his first name? A.G. A.G. Aonuma, uh, who, of course, you will know is the director and producer of Zelda Breath of the Wild and mm-hmm. other Zelda games uh, from their IGN, from their recent IGN interview. Fujibayashi regards shrine skips and speed runs. Um, positively, he says, quote, that's totally all according to plan. A big theme of this game was that there should be multiple answers, multiple methods, multiple ways of doing anything. All the dungeons, we want to make it so that the players would be able to solve problems in any way they wanted to without us even being able to know what they would do to solve it. It had to be an environment where they could do things we w- couldn't predict if it would work. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, I It's a... Uh... I always wonder when uh, you see like speedrunners or you know whatever they do to like break a game or like cheat their way around an obstacle, um, if uh, programmers like oh, man we missed one, um, and it's kind of it's a nice little like reassurance that they're like yeah I mean however you want to do it go for it, and then Aonuma added quote you know I can't speak to what other people other companies will do in their own games but I think for me especially just in terms of the Zelda series. The incredible freedom that this game offers you and how well that's been received 
To me, it means that freedom, that level of freedom, is something that needs to be maintained in Zelda games going forward. My eyes have been opened to how important that is. Well, that's pretty telling, right? His eyes have been opened to how important that is. Um, that's neat. And especially, like, considering the sort of, like, history of the Zelda games uh, right up to Breath of the Wild, like, they'd been getting so, like, you know, linear and, like, kind of hand-holdy and, uh, um, I don't know, the, the idea that they're, like, doubling down on um, freedom in those games is, is really cool to me. I also wonder what implications, if any, it would have for, like, a Link to the Past style, or I guess more correctly, like, a Link Between Worlds. Sure. You yeah, know, top more, like, top-down kind of throwback title uh, that I, fingers crossed, hope am is coming to the Switch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in a piece of the New York Times, Shigeru Miyamoto spoke about the new shape of Nintendo's leadership. Uh, he said, More and more, I am trying to let the younger generation fully take the reins. I always look for designers who aren't super passionate game fans. I make it a point to ensure that they're not just a gamer, but that they have a lot of different interests and skill sets. Uh, okay, so what, what, can we, what can we take from that? I mean, I also think that's uh, pretty cool. It, to get like super, I guess, like comedy nerd... Um, yeah, yeah. you know like about it but you know when we were coming up through improv like you and i took improv classes together and it's where we met it's where we met and we would have teachers that would tell us you know like kind of the best thing you, thing you can do for your improv is to stop doing improv and yeah. to go do other stuff and experience life and you know um because the more experience you have the more you'll be able to have to draw from and inspire you creatively and yeah have, and not just do like mm-hmm. improv about improv right well and like have something to express um because I, I get well, i guess we'll just stay in improv for a second but like you know you do when you do it enough you find yourself doing scenes that you've done before or scenes that you've seen before um and you know you have to make like a real effort to be like no i have a whole life of experience and that's what i should be injected into this um so yeah the idea that we're not gonna we were just talking about it right that blossom's tale uh blossom tales rather and tiny metal and brawl out these are all like games doing an impression of other games when like what you want is like games providing an, a, a unique or novel experience and, you know, if it's just someone else's novel experience, it's not, it's not the same thing. Yeah, so I think that's a really uh, exciting way to mm-hmm. view game development. Be like, you don't have to be a gamer yeah. to develop games. In fact, in, uh, for, some, for a company like Nintendo, who is always looking to do new and different things with their franchises, that's probably a huge benefit. So I think it's a very forward-thinking way. Yeah, and Miyamoto himself, uh, you know, he started as, a, as an artist. Um, that's, like, how he got into... Um, designing games and experiences was uh, from the mindset of an artist and not from the mindset of a gamer. Obviously, he is that has transformed and he is something else now. Um, but I also like the there's the other part of this too, where they're saying um, trying to l- fully yet the fully let the younger generation take the reins. Like that that's cool too. We've talked about how um, like Splatoon is a uh, like an obvious example of like the old Nintendo guys kind of being like, all right, you get, you know, this is your thing and you run with it. Um, and I, I just like, like the idea that that's uh, what Nintendo looks like now. And I, and I like seeing that what those 
that new generation is producing is something that I really like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that helps. <laughs> you know, that it like cha- that the company is changing, but uh I guess like the core of it uh what seems to make it have been enjoyable for all these years remains. Yeah. Well, and you would have to think that it uh continues to attract like the highest level of talent. Right, or like-minded talent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh in an interview with Game Informer, Suda51, the uh I guess like director director producer yeah i don't know um of games like killer seven uh the silver case lots of just no more heroes no more heroes yeah of course uh commented on nintendo's commitment to independent games he said quote in my entire career as a video game creator i've never had that chance before i've never had a platform or company really show that they care about my games or my series this much and really offer this much support for it i really appreciate that and it's one of the reasons i'm really glad to be working with nintendo they show that they do care. That sort of care is something that I'm able to receive from Nintendo that I don't really think I'd get from anywhere else. That's a little surprising, right? Um, I, like we 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 knew that Nintendo had like this Nindies program, um, and that like they've been working with independent developers to like bring games to the system. But like, Suda Fifty One makes it sound like they are. I I guess I, maybe he's just saying what we already know. Um, but especially from someone who is as no bullshit as Suda51, that like, I don't know, it's, it, that's cool and reassuring to me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess I don't know what to compare it to necessarily, yeah. right? Like, I don't know if anybody Nintendo is working with closely gets mm. that amount of, you know, um, I guess, care and attention. And now it's just being that like ray of light is being shown on Suda51 in a way it wasn't previously. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in general, it does seem like Nintendo has become much more uh, proactive in their approach to uh, independent creators Mm -hmm. and actually like reaching out to them and getting them on board with the Switch rather than previously like in earlier eras. Right, where it's like the hardware is here. Right. and like Yeah, and we're not going to really do anything to make it especially easy for you to work with us but if you can figure out what the hurdles are and jump through them right, right, right. then we'll you know like pay attention i wonder if that is a, a similar function of the like younger generation um kind of rising through the ranks uh and just like recognizing uh that there are all these different avenues for cool games and talent and stuff like that yeah and just maybe more um i guess yeah just like a younger more potentially modern view yeah absolutely but the gaming environment 64 gigabyte nintendo switch game carts have evidently been delayed until 2019 so currently the maximum capacity for the game carts is 32 gigabytes Mm -hmm. and even then only one or two games have has used it like uh, monster hunter stories one and two the collection that's i think jap japan exclusive at this point yeah uh is the one i can think off the top of my head i don't know if there's been a second one Part of they're super rare. I think some of that is they're very expensive, right? And so the margins uh, are s- smaller. Yeah, and if you are, it's already more expensive to make to publish a Nintendo Switch game than a uh, PS4 or Xbox One game because those are on discs, which are super cheap to make, uh, especially comparatively. So what we've been seeing. So I don't even know if this will have much of an effect because. Right now, what we're seeing is companies publishing game cards that are 16 gigabyte and then having the user download the rest of the game. Right. 
We've seen that with all of, I think, all of 2K's sports titles. We saw it with L.A. Noir. Mm-hmm. We saw it with Doom. Doom yeah. Um, Doom's was nice, though. I, I love the way Doom did it, that uh, the uh, single-player experience is all on the cart. Yeah, and yeah. You, you then can, you could download yeah. the multiplayer. Which you have to be able to do. You have to, be, have, to have access to the internet in order to play the <laughs> multiplayer. So it makes perfect sense to me. So hope, what I would like to see is hopefully, you know, in the next year, the cost of a 32 gigabyte cart mm, comes, comes down. down. And so uh, more publishers are able to put the entire package onto the game cart itself. For me personally, I buy all of my games. I've been buying all my Switch games digitally. So uh it doesn't affect me but i know people who prefer the physical game cart it kind of sucks when you have to also, also download, download you know yeah. like 20 gigs yeah i mean i think we're kind of just to a point with the the switch where um and maybe i'm only saying this because i've purchased too many games on this thing um but where you just need to have a, a sizable memory card inside that thing uh, as it is yeah it doesn't uh seem possible to not get an sd card for the yeah. switch get, get an sd card <laughs> it'll be okay uh, a few months ago we talked about the satoru iwata tribute that was found by uh hackers i guess i don't know sure let's, uh, call, let's call them hackers <laughs> in the nintendo switch the tribute allowed for users to access the 1984 nes game golf by doing iwata's signature direct gesture on the anniversary of his passing, which was July 11th. That software seems to have been patched out in the latest system update. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird because it's like, why was that in there in the first place? Uh, no one got to experience it, really. And then uh, and now it's gone? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a... If you were somebody who was working on the firmware and you didn't really intend for it to be found, sure. and you were just including it as a tribute... Um, but also, who oh. knows? Maybe it's like still in there. Yeah, that's you know, true. Like, maybe maybe we just don't know what it is anymore. Maybe we just don't know what it is anymore. Or there will be a system update on July tenth of twenty eighteen. Right, that like back, puts it back in and then takes it away. <laughs> like who knows? Right. Uh, and then finally, and I mean that in that this is the final episode, uh, final like news piece uh-huh. that we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. But also, just finally, I'm just glad it's here. There's a uh, Super Mario Odyssey sound selection soundtrack that mm-hmm. is available for purchase in uh, the U.S. and Europe now that includes, like, nine tracks from Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, yep, and it's uh, just available for, for purchase on uh, iTunes. I checked it's not for streaming on Apple Music. Oh, yeah, I've been checking since uh, they announced it was on iTunes. Get it on Apple Music. Get it on Nintendo. Apple Music. Come on, you want those like two cents, I or like fractions of a cent that yeah, you can say for. two cents is pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I will stream it a bunch of times until you have two cents per track. <laughs> right? Yeah, millions of times you can get that two cents per track. Right. I'm not gonna spend the eight dollars. I don't think when I can just go into the game and play all of the tracks. Right. Or YouTube. <laughs> or right. Uh, yes. I mean, I guess some. Uh, Support artists, we should all purchase this. We should all support artists, however, I spend enough money on Nintendo. Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that is going to do it for this week's episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, if you can rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, not iTunes. We don't sell this thing on iTunes for eight or seven ninety nine. Um, but that would be great. We love it when uh, all that happens. We love um, interacting with 
y'all and seeing how you are enjoying the show. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Nincart Society. Um, and the Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. And uh, hey, if you have ever have anything you want us to talk about or any questions for us, you can send us an email, which is Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Or email me your address, get my copy of Sonic Forces, and then give it back. I am starting to get mad that someone's going to rip me off now. <laughs> no, but it hasn't happened yet. You I'm, can't I'm, be mad I'm about it. I'm starting to get mad. Uh, all right. Um, that, that is... That's everything. Come back on Thursday. We're going to be talking our gaming resolutions for 2018. Uh, if you like Mark Mind's opinions, we write about comic books on RetconPunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can find more of his music on ApeBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thanks for listening.